road again Going places that I've never been Seeing things that I may never see again I can't wait to get on the road again Welcome back to The Drive Podcast. I hope this season finds you jolly in your classrooms, uh, somewhat rejuvenated from the Thanksgiving break if you are listening to this podcast in the United States and uh, looking forward towards your winter break in just a few short weeks. I uh, had an interesting conversation last night with one of my son's teachers. She's an English competi- composition teacher <clears throat> for, for him and and we were talking last night about uh, we had shared a couple tweets and I had I'd sent her uh, one of those gift files that are really fun with uh, it was two turtles high-fiving basically it was really fun and uh, she responded that she loves those and that she puts them into her PowerPoints when she talks about things at class and I responded that's really cool you should add a bitmoji to your PowerPoints and she's she had, had not considered that and she tweeted at me this morning that, hey, in fact, she showed a, she shared a screenshot and that Bitmoji was in her PowerPoint for today, which I thought was amazing. And it got me thinking, this, this semester for me in, in grad school has been uh, challenging for a variety of reasons, so I haven't been able to blog or podcast nearly as much as I had intended. But I'm close to the end, and this is the last night of, this is my actual last night of coursework uh, on my PhD. So that's exciting. But back to this conversation, it got me thinking about different things of ed tech that we can use with our kids in the classroom that can model for them uh, a good way to start constructing knowledge together and sharing knowledge together and showing off to you and to the world what they're learning. And Bitmoji is one of those things, especially if you have older kids. So this would speak more towards the middle school and high school students that you have. Uh, Bitmojis are really fun. If you, if you haven't messed with Bitmoji, it's an app that you can get for your phone. And you create a little custom avatar of yourself and you can give yourself all kinds of different uh, looks and different things and um, do different, different. Uh, it's got different signs and different fun costumes and and just all, all kinds of yeah, really fun, fun, fun things. If you have not explored the world of Bitmoji, go to whatever app store you use and, and check it out. It's, it's really interesting. And then think about ways that you can put those Bitmojis into your teaching day and, and share those with kids and model in a good way your, for your students the use of technology. Because sometimes our middle school and high school students, you know, fall into the peer pressure and the crowd and, and proper use of technology slides away. And I know there's some resistance too in with teachers on using technology because uh, it can be scary or overwhelming or what if you share something that is potentially viewed in a negative way and, and those are all very real risks. And I'm a believer that no matter what sort of technology you choose to use, you can use it for great good or you can use it for great bad. I, I, I think you can go either way with that. And just look around on the internet. Uh, it doesn't take you long. Look, look through Twitter. It doesn't take you long to find amazing things and to find things that just don't need to see the light of day. But my argument here is that 
by properly modeling educational technology to our students and sharing with them what they can do with it, that it opens that door for them and it gives them a good role model, you as the teacher, to start using educational technology in a different way. And so I think Bitmoji is one of those things. Um, there's, you know, there's some Bitmojis that are maybe a bit questionable and, and, and things that I maybe wouldn't share publicly uh, through the Bitmoji, but there's also some hilarious Bitmojis that you can incorporate into your teaching every day. Makes life fun. It's a little piece of you, and kids love it when you share little bits and pieces of you. Then, once you've got your Bitmoji going, you could have your kids also use their Bitmojis as they create and share their learning with you. So, you'll have to get outside of the paper and pencil mode of sharing homework, and you'll have to be more digital in what you do. But if you're using Google Docs or if you're using some sort of other app or uh, LMS like Edmodo or Google Classroom or any of those, then you can have your students upload those Bitmojis and share off uh, different fun ways that they are learning in your classroom. That's just one thing. The other thing that I, th I think is is interesting is Snapchat. I, I th I've kind of talked about Snapchat previously. I was a big holdout against Snapchat. I didn't think that it was uh, appropriate for a lot of things. I, I thought that it was a great way for for kids to really get into trouble, and I and I just felt that Snapchat provided uh, way way more opportunities to for wrongdoing than opportunities to do really cool, amazing things in your classroom. But when my son got his phone, and he one of the first apps he downloaded was Snapchat, we had a conversation about what's appropriate, what's not appropriate. And as we're talking about that, it pops into my mind, I haven't modeled this at all for him. He's seen me use Twitter, he's seen me use Facebook, he's seen me use Instagram, he knows that how I'm thinking on all of those. He knows that I'm sharing things that are appropriate. Uh, he tells me that all my stuff is boring, which is good. And But I started thinking with Snapchat, how cool would it be to tease your students with something that's coming up during the day? Uh, give them a little teaser of an activity that's coming up next week. Give them a little teaser of a project that's in the works. Give them a little teaser about whatever it is that you're talking about. Or, or put several little snaps together to talk about what's what's going on in a book that you're reading in English class or a math problem that you're working on or whatever and you can incorporate a, a ton of different things into that snapchat you can do video still pictures you can do um, you could use your bitmojis you can do all kinds of fun things and really make them exciting and kids are all over snapchat you don't have to follow them back they can follow you and it gives them a little look into what's coming up in your day and so you can build in some of that um, you know, unknown, you know, some of the, some of the sort of suspense and anticipation that can lead to students really digging into and, and really, really exploring uh, your activity for the day. So keep that in mind as well. Snapchat can be a great way uh, to, to, again, to model uh, what's going on. And I know as teachers, we look at some stuff like that and we're like, oh my gosh, Snapchat, that just sounds like a way to get into trouble and who knows where those things go after they disappear and, and who's going to do something wrong with them and how's it going to go and and there there are a thousand questions like that. But I also would say that it's important for you to model for your students how all that works out. So if your students see you using Snapchat in a way that is positive, that helps them to learn uh, and, and that reinforces 
some ideas of, hey, there's a good way to use this. Here it is. Maybe we can turn some of the thinking from, from the honoriness that those that our students are getting into more towards a way of, hey, there's really a positive benefit to all of this. Remember, our goal here is to help our students learn along the way. And if they're learning from each other, that's great. Um, but sometimes they're learning the wrong thing. And, and so if, if we as adults can take that risk and step into that, um, step into their world a little bit, then, hey, oh my goodness, there might be some great things that are there. So there you go. So uh, Bitmoji and Snapchat. I also want to talk about Tumblr a little bit. Now, I've had a hard time getting into Tumblr, and I've recently really started checking it out. Um, I like it. But I also know that that's where a lot of the kids are. And just like all these other things on social media, there is good and bad things that are all over the place ready to be found. The thing that I like about Tumblr, though, is is I can create several different accounts under my one user. So I can have one for my kids. I can have one for my classroom. I can tie it all together. And I can provide a place for students to comment on a particular learning objective for the day. So if we're in an international language class, I can post my uh, Tumblr post in whatever language it is. I can include pictures of that particular area that I'm talking about or uh, whatever. And then I can invite my students to participate on that by responding in the language that I'm teaching. And that helps them practice their language. That puts it out there in the real world where people can see it. Uh, and it also gives them a place that they can come back to and look at and review what it is that you were talking about earlier. Same thing with math. I can post a math problem on there, take a picture of a math problem, post it on there maybe with an initial starter step. And then the kids can respond by taking pictures of their work and uploading it or explaining where my initial starter step was maybe not the best idea or was a great idea. You can do this in social studies or English or just about any class that you can think of. And Tumblr allows you to continue to add in uh, comments and feedback and notes uh, on one particular post. And, and, and so it's very vibrant and it's different than Facebook and it's different than Twitter. Uh, with Twitter, you're limited to just your 140 characters. You can upload all kinds of files to Tumblr too. So it's not just a specific picture, but kids can leave audio feedback and things like that. So that's also something to consider. Um, and, and again, it allows you to model for them appropriate use of social media where students are able to see you using this in a, in a way that's good and, and that has um, this, that's good intended and, and provides them a, a different view of social media than some of our students have. And I'm not saying that all our students are on social media are up to shenanigans, but we were all, you know, if you're teaching now, you remember what it was like when you were a teenager and how sometimes the best decisions you made were not the good best decisions you could have made. Uh, you know, you fall into your whole, you know, you fall into peer pressure and, and all those kinds of things. And sometimes herd mentality takes over and you, you, I'm sure you said or did things that, that you regretted and I know I did. But with technology, we've got an opportunity to model that and start correcting that so that we can help our students understand how all of that goes. And maybe they're not using social media in such destructive ways. I know also, uh, and so that's with your older kids. So you got Snapchat, Bitmoji, and Tumblr with your older kids. With your younger students, there's really fun things that you can do. Uh, and it's not necessarily social media, but it still gets their student work out there. That's really fun, and and one of the one of the things I want to talk about is PictoChart, and they've got an app for iPad and a website as well. And PictoChart is really fun because it allows students to show off what they have learned to you, but gives them a very creative process in that. 
And PictoChart basically is an infographic maker. So students can upload um, uh, pictures that they've taken on a project. They can do, they can put uh, uh, font different, they can change fonts and put in different typesets. They can put in different, all kinds of shapes. They have a lot of creative control. And before you say, well, oh my gosh, this sounds really difficult. I don't know if students can do it. My uh, third grade daughter last year was able to create an, an infographic on the water cycle on PictoChart. I just had to show her how to get started, and then she explored it and did all the rest on her own. We just kind of corrected her spelling as it, you know, spelling became an issue. And that was all we did, and she made a really, really fun PictoChart uh, about the water cycle and it was totally her like if you if you saw the picto chart and I'll try and put a link into the show notes here but if you see the picto chart you know that a third grader did this and it was very creative and very fun and imagine now if you had a collection of those that you could share with your parents from 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 your class and they could see exactly what their kids have done what they've learned and how they did it and it's really fun in fact uh, Rowan's Rowan's teacher uh, did an excellent thing. I thought this was a great idea. They read a book together, and then they had to, the students had to create a uh, soundtrack for that movie uh, for the book. And I thought that was an awesome idea because it really allowed the students to be unique in how they responded to the the book. And imagine putting your uh, soundtrack together on a picto chart where you could upload different uh, albums or album covers or song covers or or whatever and really give some creativity to the students in that way or design an album cover for uh, for your soundtrack on picto chart it just would it would be really cool and then and then now instead of a worksheet you've got something that you can share back with your parents and it can be even more amazing so even even with the youngest of kiddos uh, you, probably, you can do a picto chart and do fun, fun, fun things. The other one is ThingLink, and I've used ThingLink off and on for different things. And basically, what you can do is you you create, you can take a picture of something, and and then inside that picture, you link different information to hot spots on that picture. So what I would used to do when I was teaching math is I'd take a picture of a math problem. And I would link into different pieces of that problem a YouTube video that could walk students through uh, that that particular trouble spot or item or whatever. And and so again, this is something that you can do at almost any level, and and your students can explain why they wrote what they wrote. So your students can can take a picture, maybe even of the picto chart. They can do a screen capture of it. They can take a picture of it, and they can put hot spots on that and they can share more information about that picto chart that helps the teacher and the parent understand what all is going on. And ThingLink then would be out there in the real world so they could get real world feedback, real people could see it. So if you're talking about space and astronomy, maybe you could tie that into and try and reach out to an astronomer and get their feedback on that. And how cool would that be to have somebody that that's their job is to look at the stars and analyze all that, respond to your students who are doing a science project on the solar system. Uh, or if you are doing something in an international language class and you reach out to a, a sister city school that speaks that language and you can get feedback from, from those students. Or if you're doing something in an in a composition class where you reach out to an author in whatever book it is that you're doing and the author gives feedback, how exciting and vibrant would that make your classroom? So 
for the younger kids, Pictochart and Thingling, super, super, super fun. And also with the younger kids is Seesaw, and Seesaw is a way for them to, to share all of their work with the teacher, and then the teacher shares back out with the parents. And it's all done in-house. It's very safe, very appropriate. And the students have a lot of creativity that they can do in that because inside of Seesaw, you can share, you can upload documents, you can you can take pictures, you can do all kinds of things. It's very, very uh, robust, and there's lots of great things in there. And for the teacher, the man on the management side, it is not difficult to manage from the teacher side, and, and you can send your assignments to your kids, and they can interact. And and as young as first grade. Um, they can get in there and do it. All you need, you don't even have to remember Q, uh, logins because your students can can use a QR code. And if you're in a classroom that where different students come in and use different um, uh, mobile devices, then you can set your Seesaw account up to where each time Seesaw is opened, you need to scan in the correct class code and, and, and pick the correct student name. So very young students can even do this. It's really, really an amazing, amazing thing. So those are some ideas that you could use inside your classroom. And the thing here is that we want to be a good role model for our students. We want to show our students the right way to do all of this stuff. And all of these things allow your students to interact with the internet and you can do it and, and teach them to do so in a safe way. Seesaw is the most secure and safest of these options. But it's important that we allow our students to explore these things. I mean, that's, that's, that's where we are right now. And you know what? Sometimes it's important to take a risk a, a, a well thought out risk, not a crazy risk, or I guess it could be crazy depending on your where you're at. But you you want to be intentional, and you want to do do something that do something that challenges you. Step out of your comfort zone, and and take a risk to try something amazing. You never you never know what's going to happen, and it might be the best thing in the world, and it and it might not. But but model that for your students as well. We've gotten to the point sometimes where there's just zero risk taken on the side of the teachers and on the side of the student because nobody wants, wants that failure associated with them. And I would argue that failure is a great thing. Um, so there's your things today. So, uh, Bitmoji, Snapchat, Tumblr, um, Seesaw, PictoChart, and ThingLink. Thanks for listening to The Drive today. If you have an idea or want to share an app or something that you use as part of your classroom and your learning structure, let me know. Leave a comment and we'll share them out. Thanks for what you do and and as always, be brilliant.